Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye-bye now. Holly. I finally got boobs and a butt back. And Scotty the body. Am I not as cool and good-looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. We've got a couple of things to get into today. This won't be a super long one. We've got some stuff to do afterwards. Oh. AKA, I just... I just need to not be in the studio. Oh, can I, can I, um, whenever we get a chance in the podcast, can I talk about why I think I cried yesterday? Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's on my list. Oh good. Okay. That's whenever we want to get to it. Wait, where is my list? Oh. Here we go. Um, yes. <clears throat> so, but the first thing I wanted to do before we get into all of this is, um, just because this is such a. You're popular. That's no. it. No, it's all emails from corporate. That's all. They love you over in the corporate. No, I can't. Like, they don't. I wake up and I just like the first thing I do is angrily look at my email to see how many like news content desk articles yes. we get in the email, and I just like delete, 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 delete. Yeah. I know we need them, but like, well, the problem is, is that <sighs> our company, Cox Media Group, um, they own radio stations and TV stations, and so their news, our company, is known for having like award-winning journalistic. I mean, legit news, the I team, you know, in different markets like I grew up in Atlanta where our company is based, our headquarters are. Mm -hmm. And the news station I grew up watching WSB has been around. They were the first TV station, I believe, in the South. Mm. And so our company has a long history of journalistic excellence. And so because of that, they have what's called a content desk where they have a team of people in Atlanta that scour the news and they write different articles, sort of like the AP, yeah. um, but for our company. And so they send it down and it feeds to our websites and we're able to post the news. And so we're not like just getting regurgitated stuff from other places, but they do it primarily for our TV stations. Oh, And so it'll always be like, Someone was murdered. A kid was kidnapped. Yeah. Someone was left in a car. And nice. it's always like the worst news ever. Yes. And it, from the radio side, we're like, have y'all put an article together about Lizzo <laughs> talking about people? And they're like, and they're no. Like, no, we're trying to f- cover this forest fire. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, s- I'm sorry. Sorry. We're the radio side. Actually, I'm working on a project with corporate right now oh. about diversity stuff. And they have um, um, people from radio and TV and like the TV people, like I've been intimidated. Like on these, it's on Microsoft Teams where it's all you can be on video, but I always have my video off. But people, as they're talking, like the TV people are like very intense, and they all have that like reporter's voice. Where even they're like, when they're speaking, just in a meeting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're like, well, actually, according to what I was thinking, and I'm just like on the couch listening. Outlanders playing in the background. Which is different than our team meetings for just radio where we're like, y'all see how many people were at the beach the other day? <laughs> y'all said, y'all talking about COVID? And meanwhile, the news people are like, in the recent ratings test, the COVID-19, I'm like, too uh, much. Uh, but it, it actually, I, I mean, meaning to talk about this, what has been really cool is because our company's based out of Atlanta and they have people leading this that are names that I grew up watching on the news. And so hearing them as regular people and Uh. not reporters, that's also been kind of crazy. And so like our boss, Will, he was like, you haven't spoken up at all. And I'm like, when you have someone that's been on the like number one news station in the South, I grew up watching these big figures. I mean, these ladies and men were like the first black people doing the news in the South. And so when they're speaking on diversity, I'm like, I ain't got nothing to say. I'm going to just shut up and listen. Like, I can't add anything to this conversation. So it has been really cool to hear from them. Um, Okay, so two things I want to get into. First, we didn't delve back into Scott and his issues with astrology yesterday. Oh, yeah. We needed to, like, circle back around to that where, Scott, you were basically saying that you think it's a bunch of hogwash. I think that... You say these things. What was it like? Mercury, Mercury retrograde. That thing, you know. And it sounds lovely. And I, I, you all have talked about it since I've came into the studio. But I do think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it's happening. 
there's trouble in the air. And so if you're thinking there's trouble in the air, you're just going to be focused more on the trouble in the air. It's that self-fulfilling prophecy that it's like, if I think about it, I'm going to be more likely to see it. I'm not giving my whole explanation again from yesterday. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I remember I felt like it was a really good argument, and I pulled it out of my butt. I believed it as I was saying it, Yeah, but I can't yeah, repeat I that. It. it is solid. So if you go back and listen to yesterday's podcast. Um, but then, like, right as I, I gave my opinion, and then I looked over at Holly, and then, Holly, you were like, <laughs> I, I, I'm I out of body experience right now. I was not. Li- I didn't hear really anything else. <laughs> no, you good. were out. You you had a, a, a breakdown almost. But we're going to get to that in a second. But, Holly, yeah. do you remember... What? Yeah, so it came up that it was Mercury retrograde, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is coming up here in just a few days. Oh, really? Yeah, through, like, the beginning of July. So, good times. Which Mercury retrograde is sort of like this planetary thing where it's it causes communication breakdown or uh, technical breakdowns, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, so- and, and sorry, I'm sorry, real quick. And remember, this all started because one of my friends messaged me and said that we're in this, like, new type of eclipse thing for like two and a half years right and that's how the conversation started got it got it well i have dabbled a little bit in not necessarily astrology because i think i remember miguel saying this yesterday i'm not like one of those look in the paper for my daily horoscopes right type of person that like that's 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 hogwash to me. <laughs> However, I do think there is a little something to the overarching astrology, your sun sign, your moon sign, your rising sign. I've delved into that a little bit, and I think it's fascinating. Um, I also know that some people take those sorts of things almost as like a religion. So mm-hmm. it's like mm. you might not get it and you might not believe it, but you at least have to respect that some people um, – choose to go with that oh, absolutely. as their, I, their guiding is definitely like that's right she is someone that's in it she's in it she will tell me what my future is she will heal me with their the energy from her hands like she is in it got it so you get that part and that's the only part of the discussion that i wanted to have with you is that you have to get at least where people are coming from oh yeah you, nobody's asking you to be well you have to believe this well, nobody I mean, wants you to do that I mean, yeah, I mean, Miguel kind of snapped at me yesterday, oh. but that's... Well, here's what I will say. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily... It, it doesn't have to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, like, when I hear, oh, Mercury retrograde is on the come up, I'm not like, well, shit. <laughs> there goes the next month of my life. It's going to be terrible. I don't think that. Well, like, shit. Do I think that sometimes, uh, like, if something is going wrong, I'll be like, well, what could possibly be the cause of this? What I do know for sure is that the moon... And it's and its phases legit runs the ocean. So if it can have that strong of an effect on that body of water, that is true. Why doesn't it have an effect on us? Seventy five percent water. That's what I said no, yesterday. Wait, wait, wait. No, no. Uh, but okay, I hear that. But that actually, I like the thought of that. Like you can't just say like the. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the universe is powerful. Like of course it is. But when you're like, when I just put that in my head, I was like, holy crap. The moon makes waves. Yes, the moon. Like, that's pretty nuts. The moon so it might controls pull your the tide. But no, Scott is so powerful. <laughs> no, I that never said bleep that. the moon. I mean, that, no, that's. No, I would never moon. bleep the moon. No. <laughs> Save that. Um, but no, I mean, Holly, you said it a little bit better than what I did yesterday, but that's what I was trying to communicate yesterday. Got it. Is that. We are, the universe is so much bigger than us. And I feel like it's so bullheaded of us as humans to think that. We don't have the the universe, the moon, the gravitational pull of the planets has no bearing on who we are. I mean, think about it. When, like, if the weather changes and the birds all of a sudden are like, uh-oh, they can sense what's going on, like, our bodies react to it. We just, we don't. We're not trained no. nowadays in the art of paying attention to our body. Think about, mm. like, Eastern medicine and Eastern healing and oh, stuff. Yeah. So Western-wise, we're like, well, what pill can I take? Right. My back hurts. Give me a pill. Right. Well, maybe something in your environment or your uh, walk or or like how it is you walk through life is causing that. But as Americans in Western culture, we're just like, I don't want to deal with this. I got shit to do. Give me a pill. So that's sort of the bigger picture on like, yes, we're affected by all of this. And I'm so at the beginning steps of even beginning to understand any of it. That's as best as I can 
pointed. No, that yeah. made holy crap. I never even thought of it. Like I, you put it into that perspective where it's like we are animals and yeah, like yeah, hundreds and thousands. We had instincts that were like. That air smells cold. Mm-hmm. It's time to go south because right. the winter's coming. Like, or, that's crazy. Yes. Like, if we, we've lost mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. Well, most of us, Americans, have lost touch with how to be intuitive with our body and how it relates wow. to nature. Like, why else do women get periods once a month? Mm-hmm. And so, if, like, a woman is not paying attention to her body, it, it's like every month there's a full moon. Every month there's a woman has a period. Mm-hmm. Like, our bodies are in tune with nature. And it, we would be, like, screwed as women if we just figured, well, it's coming sometime. Right. Don't know when. But right. if you start to pay attention and, like, feel your body and understand what's happening, you're like, oh, oh, that's what. Mm-hmm. Dang. So it's like you you do have to pay a little bit of attention. But we're like, no, we're just going to take pills and we're just going to be like, I don't know what's happening with my body. I'm bleeding. I mean, d- does it make sense now, Scott? What? Well, no, I mean, just in, like that. That sense of communication, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, just thinking about it, like, this is just a small little example. Like, yesterday I'm laying in bed, I'm like, gosh, man. Like, sometimes I get these headaches, and I'm getting them more recently, where it's like I lay in bed, and I don't know if it's like my body saying, like, bleh, you tired. Um, But I notice it, like, the same time every night. And, like, last night I went to bed a little later, and bam, I was laying there. It was like, headache. And I'm like, ah, sometimes I would either, like, take a little, like, Advil or something. But Mm. now I kind of just let it happen as, like, a signal to my body of, like, I'm trying to figure out what is actually happening because it doesn't just happen randomly. It's every night around a certain time. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's just, that's just crazy to me to, like, connect it to, like, ooh, there is nature. something bigger yes. to nature. But We're again, mammals. Yeah, I mean, to the whole Mercury thing. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's another step. But I do yeah. think that it is cool if people could take that little sense of, like, huh, why do I feel this? Or, right. ooh. That feels different. We and need then try to, ask to connect. Why? Yeah, that's you know cool. what's interesting is, and I'm going to bring it up again the show Outlander. Oh, there we go. It actually has something to do with this because um, as I've been reading more into like the books, and I haven't read the books, but just reading about how they've adapted it and like the author and even the people that produce the TV show Outlander, they go into a lot of research before they do something. Like we just watched an episode where um, one of the people from the future that is now in the 1700s brought up psychology to mm-hmm. people. And apparently when they were in the writer's room, someone was like, oh, I have an idea. Maybe she can talk about psychology. And they were like, wait a minute. When was psychology first introduced? Was it in the 1700s? They did research, and it was actually introduced in the 1500s. Yeah. Back in uh, Greece. Or- it wasn't just, we, we. everybody wasn't blind until Freud. Right, you right, exactly. I mean? right. But one of the things that I found what's been interesting about watching the show Outlander is how back then in the 1700s, they had no music. They had, and you had to like go somewhere to see someone performing music, mm. but you couldn't put on a record player. They didn't have oh, anything. Right. Right. So, like, the only thing you did was out in the fields working. Um, you come home and you eat, and that was it. And so, they were so much more in tune with their body. Mm-hmm. And so, that's sort of like what I find so fascinating. One of the many things about this show is the people from the future that go back, you know. We think, oh, because we understand stuff so much more that we're smarter. There's, like, more education. Right. But they felt more. Yeah. Like, they, the people back then, they'd be like, I can feel you're lying. Mm. Because that's all they did. They just talked to each other, and that was it. Right. And so they could tell instantly because, like, now when we're doing the show, like, when you're talking, Holly, my, my phone dings, and it takes me for, like, half a second out of what you're saying to look at, oh, who's texting me? And then I've got one, two, three, four, five, five, no, six screens in front of me. Six screens in front of me. Then there's my watch. Then there's my phone. And I'm trying to listen to what you're saying. It's all about distractions. Yeah. We are full of distractions. So when you think about what they are, how they existed back then, I mean, and I'm sure if you even just take it back to like, you know, uh, our parents when they were coming up, when, you know, they had a record player, but technology like before, maybe before that, the grandparents before TV. I mean, it's just... I love the show. And it just makes you like, there's so many times during it, I will pause it and then I'll go Google stuff. Mm. And like with the psychology thing, because I was like, 
they really know psychology then? And then I went and like read about the term and like where it comes from. And it's just really fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, what I want to do tomorrow, a little homework assignment for us for the podcast. Oh. I want us to all come in with our moon sign stuff information. So we can all, after the podcast, we can find a site that's easily... Um, we can plug in the information yeah. because the first time that Holly, you and I did it, it was like mind blown. Yeah. Um, and I think for Scott, it's going to be that way for you too. Well, wait a second though, before we get into moon signs, do you know what your sun sign is even? Cause that you should probably start there. Is that like the, your main, you're like, what's your, your, zodiac? I'm a Libra, right? Okay. Well, are you? October 18th. Yeah. I'm a Libra. Okay. So I would have Scott first do Maybe he's got to do both because right. we already know about us Leo and Capricorn crazies. Right. Uh, so maybe take today, look up Libra as a sun, as a sun sign, mm-hmm. and then also look up whatever your moon sign is. I have a site. Don't worry. I'll get yeah. you hooked up. This is like the funnest assignment I've ever had in my life. Wow. <laughs> I feel like this will be the one that both of you actually remember. Yeah. And like, I'll be the one forget because usually what happens if like, we have a homework assignment for the show the next day. I'll text everyone at like six and be like, hey, don't forget. And Holly's like, God damn it, I forgot. <laughs> like, except last night you texted like eight and I was like, ah, getting dark outside. <laughs> quick, quick, we gotta go. Like, I was just forgot. Meanwhile, Holly's gonna like come together with like a brief prepared <laughs> and like a PowerPoint presentation about her moon sign. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna bring in a projector like they used to at school when it was like, or like one of those TVs on one of the carts where it was like strapped down, you know? Oh, yes. I'm gonna oh roll one of the. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I would suggest to Scott before he gets into moon sign, mm-hmm. do sun and moon sign because Libra, you've known about. I'm sure you don't know anything about it though. Like I dabble here and there. I read my uh, my thing the other week about like what it means to be a Libra or something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. My girlfriend and I were talking about it in the car and I was like, oh, that was pretty crazy because so some start. of the things matched. Right. And that's what I always had problems with as a quick, before we even get into tomorrow, just as a, a sum up, if you want to do it too, mm-hmm. listening, I super recommend it. And if you're one of those, like, I'm not dealing with this nonsense, that's okay. That's just not for you. <laughs> but I'm a Capricorn. Capricorns are typically, the the words that are always used to describe Capricorns are steadfast, hardworking, mm. um, no nonsense, mm-hmm. you know, so it can be stubborn, will determined. Mm. Those are like the core words. Mm-hmm. And I am those things. Right. But the other thing is that in case you couldn't tell from yesterday's podcast, I'm real emotional. Mm. In no writing is a Capricorn emotional. As a matter of fact, most Capricorns are not emotional. Right. They're they like are they're like goats. They hide their feelings and they're like I'm not getting into it with you and they and they shut down. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like for my whole life I thought, "What is that?" So that's why I never really put stock into the whole thing cuz I'm like, "Well, I am hardworking and determined, but I have a lot of emotions and that part doesn't seem like me." Mm. Until I figured out the moon sign. Ah. I mean, and just to and give then you everything locked into place. A little taste is, and I think I've mentioned this before, that when we figured out my moon sign, which I don't remember what it is now, I, I'm excited to look it up again. Mm. Is the thing that just really just just banged me over my head was whatever sign I am for my moon sign. The one line was, you are able to withstand heat or hot water more than most normal people. And I'm always that idiot that when it's summertime and we go to my friend's hot tub or when I when I discovered this and I was living at um, the apartment complex over here. And even in like the dead of July, when it's so freaking humid, no one can breathe. I'd be the one crazy person in the hot tub because I just love that hot water feeling. And that's what my moon sign described about me. And that's when I was like, okay, Mm. I believe it. Mm. So, yeah. I believe it. Uh, Maybe a small write-up on sun sign? Yeah, yeah. And then we'll do sun sign. I'm so excited. (laughs) Like, I'm asking for more homework. I'm like, let's do this. I love it. Well, we'll do that. Um, And then what we'll do, uh, you're going to have to know your time that you were born for that Yeah, you might need to get with Debbie. It was 2.55 p.m. Oh. Oh, really? Pretty sure, yeah. Oh. I remember like sitting in elementary school, and I remember like my mom told me, and I was like, "And now it's my birthday." Oh, oh look at that! Oh, we'll see. There you go. Yeah. I don't remember. I have to look at my birth certificate. So we'll we'll come back tomorrow with that. Now, speaking of being emotional, Holly. Uh, okay. 
what happened yesterday when you just got so upset over Danielle's burrito? Yeah, if you were listening to the podcast yesterday, I like had a, a meltdown, a meltdown. Uh, and by the way, my best friend Erin texted me and she goes, you okay? I'm listening to the podcast. <laughs> I say, I'm better. This was like four o'clock yesterday afternoon. I said, I'm better now. Um, you know, I'm sorting through it. And she goes, I was worried there for a bit. Understandable. I probably sounded like a crazy person. I just, I know your different cries after being around you for so long. Mm. And I almost stopped the podcast because I would, I like that wasn't a, yeah. um, oh, something is really emotional or it was like the times that you've been the most upset, it was on par with that. Mm. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. No, don't, don't be, be sorry. I was just it. concerned. But I knew, I mean, and this is probably the bad friend of me. I was like, we still got to get a podcast in. So, <laughs> so you're like, uh, I was like, we got to skirt past it real quick. But I knew you would like deal with it yeah. and, and, and fi- figure it out. And it wasn't going to happen on the podcast. Right. Um, I just needed to cry that out. Right. Because I was, I was feeling too much emotion. And so I will say this. I apologize for throwing the podcast off, but I don't really apologize for crying. And neither should you if you ever like Absolutely. cry in public. Because it is legit a cathartic release of emotion. So having said that, um, it was obvious that whatever happened yesterday with the burrito was an emotional trigger for me. I just couldn't put my finger on why. Because why? I mean, it was a very strong reaction. You would even say an overreaction to what happened. Right. Um, And so I actually spent a lot of time kind of just turning it over in my mind, you know, like working through it like you might work through a knot. Uh, And so I came up with a couple of things. So first is the way that it happened uh, that I found out what happened, like what I accidentally threw out her burrito. And by the way, if you missed it, you should really go listen to yesterday's podcast. Yeah, yeah, because it's going to make no sense to you. But so our engineer Dylan came in and – it, we're in the studio. It's me, Miguel, Scott, and he points at me and he's like, question for you, like right in front of you guys. And so I was just like, I had no idea what it might be about. And so he was like, did you do some cleaning out of the fridge? And as soon as he said that, like immediately my stomach went into a knot and I had a hard time breathing because I was like, I did something wrong. Like, immediately. I knew that I did something wrong, even though in that one moment before he, like, let the bomb drop as to what it was, because I'm sure he thought it was funny as hell. Um, my entire, like, fight, flight, or freeze reaction triggered. Mm. And so it was like, oh, God, I did something wrong, and I don't even know what it is. I can't defend myself. I Did I do it on... Like, all these thoughts start going through my head. So then when we got to the point, and then when he said that Danielle was really upset, and all I could hear in my brain was, you did something that caused someone else to be upset. And so that was the feeling. The feeling I get when when that happens is like a deep in my stomach and a little bit in my chest. Mm. And what's... And I think this is why... Like, I don't know why I'm starting to get, I feel a little emotional right now. I know, I can hear your voice yeah. starting to quiver. Yeah. Um. So I just did some really great, deep work with my therapist last week. And you'll know this, Miguel, because you came in um, just to get your stuff. Because mm-hmm. I talked I talk to my therapist uh, on the computer still. She's not having in-person visits yet. Um. So I have an hour where I go every two weeks in the office and do the call. And Miguel usually comes in to grab his stuff and leaves. So you probably saw that I was like, completely like wrecked from crying i was literally homer simpson backing into the trees because i was like i probably shouldn't be here but i need to get my backpack real quick yeah and so and so let me relate it back to you and i wish more people would do this in their lives so that things weren't such a mystery to them so bear with me for a second okay if we have the time yes won't be too long um so we've been doing some deep work on my codependency and my um a lot of my guilt and that is, if you are recent to the podcast, I uh, I found out in the past year that I'm something called codependent, which is had been trained since I was young, unintentionally so, by my mom, to uh, put others' needs in front of mine first. Mm. And, and like some people can call it like people pleasing. I'm also a people pleaser, but being codependent takes it almost to a new level where it is detrimental to you to keep putting other people first, but you still do it anyway. Cause you feel like 
you have to. Right. Um, so we're dealing with all this and that. And so this past week, uh, last Tuesday, when I'm having the, my, my call with Maureen, my therapist, I brought it up again and I was like, you know, I just feel so guilty because I sort of have this thing. I don't want to get into all of it with my mom. And so Maureen was like, let's do an exercise. She said, think of the feelings you get when you feel guilty and shameful and out of control and like you've done something bad or wrong. Because mm. that happens. I'm, I'm sure that happens to everybody, right? You get those right. feelings sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah. They are so uncomfortable for me that it's almost like I can't sit with it. You saw mm. what happened. I, I burst into tears. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we're digging into this a little bit. So think of it as like a wound that's open. Mm. Whereas maybe there was like a scab or a scar there where right. I hadn't thought about it. But now I'm digging in it. So it's mm. open. So the feelings are exposed. So she goes, think about what you feel like when you have those feelings. Again, in my stomach, in my chest. I have a physical reaction. Mm-hmm. She goes, think back to the, if you can, the first time you ever recall feeling those feelings in your body. And I was like, oh, God. She's like, take your time. Obviously, we have an hour. Take, take your time. Right. So I sit there, and I go all the way back. And pretty quickly, actually, I was able to pinpoint the exact moment in my life, the very first time that I ever felt those feelings. And it was in an interaction with my mom. So I'm going to go ahead and tell that story. And I'm not telling this for my own gratification. I'm telling you this so maybe this can help you dig through your shit. Right. If you have something like this or or anything that's psychological. So I was seven, I think six or seven. And my therapist asked me to um, actually picture six or seven-year-old me at the time. She's like, what did she look like? What was she wearing? What was the room like? And I remembered every one of these details because Mm. it's that important in this memory. So I go through, you know, I'm wearing like a purple jogging suit because as a little girl, I basically only wore jogging suits with kittens on them. (laughs) Whatever. didn't. I mean, that's what my mom dressed me in. That's what you wear. And so um, I... Obviously, when you're that little, your mom is sort of the center of your universe. And so I love my mom more than anything. And, you know, it's me and her. I didn't like being separated from her too often. I just felt like, and there's a reason for that probably. But, like, so I I was sitting on the kitchen table for some reason. And in this memory, I, um, my mom was standing in front of me. And I don't know what happened up to this moment. And I don't know why she would ask me this, but my mom asked six or seven-year-old me, how do you think I look? And as a six and seven-year-old who was not very in tune with anything about right. what the nuances of her question might be. Right. And probably having seen something on TV or picked up other, whatever. I don't know why I said this. Mm. I don't know why she asked how do you, how do I look? How do, how do you think I look? And I put my hands like on either side of her face and thinking in my head that I was being sweet. I, like I can feel, I remember this. Mm-hmm. I said, I think you're a little chubby. Mm. And as soon as I said that, my mom's entire demeanor changed. Right. Oh, God, I have to go through this again. It's going to be easier this time. It was like, as a six-year-old who was, has always probably been an empath, I um, I felt like the wind had gotten knocked out of me. Mm. So, like, she crumbled. Like, you could just, like, her face fell. Her arms slumped. She turned away from me so she didn't have to see me anymore in that moment. And she went over and she just started crying. Mm. And it left me feeling like... Holy shit. I just hurt the one person that I love the most. Right. What is wrong with me? Guilt, shame, sadness, you know, confusion, by the way, for that reaction, which I didn't understand at the time. Um, and so we went through this. And then um, so my therapist, after we go through all that, which was tough, mm. She goes, all right, can we talk to seven-year-old Holly? Will she come out so we can talk? Which at first feels really silly. Oh, I've done that before. Yep. 
Yeah. There, a lot yeah. of therapy uh, mm-hmm. therapists will have you do this exercise. Oh, it's yeah. called something. I don't remember. But um, so I was like, yeah, we better do it. So after getting past the silliness of the fact that you're talking to your younger self as though they're in the room, <laughs> we went through this whole thing. And so um, to spare you that whole conversation, the point of it is that that was the first time I recognized the power that my words had and the power that my actions had and how absolutely just damaged I felt after having caused someone else that much hurt. Right. Even though it was unintentional. Right. You and didn't even know. though it was to be honest, and this is not my mom's fault, she's just going through life blind to her trauma. It was a little bit of a setup. Yeah. Why would you put that on your kid to right. try to build yourself up? Right. Don't put that on your kid. Right. So I had to talk to my seven year old self and tell her that it wasn't her fault. And we went through this whole exercise and there was more tears and everything. So take that, fast forward, and that happened last Tuesday. Fast forward to yesterday Mm. where I'm still processing that and trying to figure out how I can remove myself from some of that crippling guilt and shame for when I either let someone else down or hurt someone else either intentionally or unintentionally. And then what should have been like a super easy and not that big of a deal. Like, it's not like I was like, I'm going to eat someone's burrito at work. Gotcha. Bye. screw them. <laughs> like, it should have been an easy, oh, my God, I threw it out. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Oh, you know what? I, That's fine. I didn't realize. Okay, everyone's good. Mm-hmm. Instead of that normal reaction, because I'm going through all of this other shit trying to figure out where my guilt and shame comes from, mm. the second that he said that, I think that it was one of those instances where it was like, I just did something wrong. I let someone down. I'm not supposed to have been doing that. And someone else ended up hurt because of what I did. Mm. It was too much. It took you right back to that moment. Right back. So that's what happened. Mm. I think that I think that's what happened. Because I sorted through this for a long time yesterday, and that's the best explanation that I could come up with that feels about right. I mean, that would totally make sense yeah. to me. I mean, if you're looking at psychology and how things are compounded and how if you don't, you know, talk it out, deal with it, process it, then it's still there. It's right. an open wound. And yes. so you, we were that situation just picked at the open wound and just basically dug a hole, a deeper hole into right. it to let the blood out some more. And you can see how this happens everywhere, every day in society. So the two of you are sitting here like, if you if you weren't as like nice of people as you are and we don't have this like weird family that we do, you'd be like, what the F is your problem? Right. Like, Get over yourself right. and deal with this. Meanwhile, I'm over here crying. Then I'm thinking they don't even understand. Meanwhile, I don't even understand. Like, so it could have been compounded on more yeah. levels mm-hmm. had I not been like, just give me a minute and let me figure it out and I'll come back tomorrow. Right. But so many people don't, they'd go through life having reactions and not knowing why. Right. And so on the bigger scale, my wish for you listening is to take a minute and when things really impact you in a violent way and it happens a lot online in the Facebook comments when you're like how dare you Mm -hmm. okay well you're particularly and this word has been politicized but triggered for a reason figure out what it was you have to help yourself you have to heal yourself before you just start spewing stuff on other people so that's what I'm trying to do is take responsibility and, and Danielle and I sorted it out and I sorted it out of my own self so that's what happened no that I totally get that I was just thinking about this the other day that I um I've always had this weird um very similar to you whenever someone corrects me on something mm. and I get this like this feeling in my stomach and for years I've always tried to figure out why is it that I feel that way. So like, especially like when we're on the air and I'm doing a million things at once. And there are some times where I'm looking two places ahead of what we're actually doing at that moment. And I'll, you know, say it's hot one oh one at Tampa Bay's new hit music. And I won't say the five. And then Holly will have a look and then Scott will have a look, but then I won't know what I said. Mm. And then instantly by those looks you all give, 
I get this pit in my stomach like I'm the dumbest person in the world. And then it compounds with I don't know what I said. And I realized through sort of work like this with our life coach from back in the day that because of my learning disability that I had growing up that early on and I wasn't able to pinpoint a specific memory like that. But because I'm just so awful at math Mm. and I never learned it um, whenever. And I remember specifically in fifth grade, every Friday we would have a times table test Mm. and it was like a half a sheet of paper and it would be like, you know, two times two, two times four, two times five, two times. It was just memorization. That's all it was. And I didn't understand it and I didn't memorize it. And every Friday when I walked, I'm even thinking about that sheet of paper. I can feel it in my in my stomach. I'm telling you. I I would like find an excuse. I'd be like, oh, I don't feel I, I, I feel sick. I don't because I didn't know how to ask for help at that time. And I didn't understand how I learned. And I just felt so helpless and dumb while everyone else around me was getting it. And so that's why now I still get that feeling whenever I make a mistake and someone or if, even if I don't know it or even like when my boyfriend does it and he'll be like, well, you really oh. When I was cooking one time and I was like trying to like smash the garlic Mm. and he was like, well, that's not how you do it. Let me show you. And like I could feel that feeling. So now what I've learned to do is I lean into it and I go, I don't understand it. Please show me how. That's a skill I don't know. I don't have to know everything. No. I don't have to be smart and, and, you know, know every single thing all the time. Mm -hmm. If I admit it out loud then it makes me feel better. And so that's why as I've gotten older, I've been very vocal. Like, bitch, don't ask me what like two times seven is on top of my head. I can like figure it out now, but like I never memorize them and I'm not going to. But the more open I am about it and the more I lean into it, the the easier over time it gets as I, you know, get that feeling in my stomach. Right. When I think about that little piece of paper and the little times table. Right. I mean, those are many traumas from your past that you are actively working on and you have figured out. And you're still going to, you know, continue to deal with it, but it'll get less and less. Right. And that's what the the whole goal is, is to figure it out, work on it. It's hard. It's it's mm-hmm. not it's not easy. It's kind of painful. Absolutely. Um, and uncomfortable. But when you do it, you're helping yourself and you're making it easier for other people to to either help you or mm. interact with you. And to communicate. Yeah. When you can understand that. When you can understand those those feelings you get. And that's what I've been working on with with my boyfriend a lot of times. Whenever mm-hmm. he is in a mood and when we first got together, he would spiral mm-hmm. and he would just like shut down. And I was like, all right, you got to like, let's talk through this. So talk to me like from this little thing happening, how you got to, you know, you're going to be in jail. Right. No, but like, seriously, though. Right. That happens to a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. So I was like, let's talk through it. Mm-hmm. And so each time that he would have those and we would talk through it, now he's able to be like, wait a minute, hold on. I can tell that right now I'm having one of those moments. Let's walk myself through all yeah. the options and realize that I'm not going to end up dead because I didn't pick the right steak that Mikkel wanted at Publix. It's going to be fine. Right. <laughs> So I feel like the biggest takeaway is when you feel, and I feel like it's used like a body feeling. Like it you, is. You, you can said you feel felt it. and I felt and he feels um, to like, rec- okay, why am I feeling that way? And then start to dig down. Yeah. Another one of my big ones is my throat. That's mm. what I always, mm. like when Kramer and I would fight, it would hit me in the throat. Mm. That's for another day, another time. Maybe not even for the podcast, but I'm just saying like you can tell when your own body is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So like you said, Miguel, lean in and be like, wait. And it, and, it, and it circles back to the conversation at the beginning of the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you feel something in your body that's not right, right. instead of being like, eh, I'd rather not know about this, mm-hmm. or ignoring it, or just, you know, chalking it up to you ate something weird, <laughs> lean into it and try to figure out why, because your body's telling you something. Do you have any of those, Scott? Yeah, I have one. I noticed it. I remember the exact, like, moment. This is just one, and I could dive into others, like, my body, like, starts shaking, like, not uncontrollably. Like, you know when you're cold and you start, like, shivering? Yeah. It starts doing that. And it didn't start doing it until, like, my third year in college. And I remember it was, like, one of the biggest confrontations I had in my fraternity. And I was, try- like, I was trying to stand up for my points. And I was trying to make 
my presence known and convince somebody in a group of people, whatever. And, like, as I'm trying to talk, like, my whole body's like, and I'm, like, trying to get words out. And it it comes out. I don't think people could notice, but it's so hard for me to talk. And the other day when I was actually Zooming my family and we got on the whole topic of Black Lives Matter and everything, and I was, like, going at it, like, mm-hmm. This and that, and please listen. And I noticed that as soon as I walked upstairs and I started talking to you, Miguel, my body was doing it. And that's why I had to stop talking because it's just so uncomfortable. And I want, I don't know what it is. I'm sure there's a route to the confrontation of it, but like, it's like my body just can't stop moving. I don't even know if it's physically or if just like internally, but it's like everything wants me to stop. And Mm. it is so uncomfortable. I wish I knew what it was because I hate it because. I don't mind those conversations. Like, when I was talking to you, Miguel, this weekend about it, I, like, I wanted to have the conversation, but my body's, like, like, short-circuiting. Yeah, that's absolutely one of those body It's uh, crazy. And I remember the first time I did it, and when I I know the exact moment where I was, like, what the hell is happening? Like, I have a point to make right now. Mm. Body, stop. Yeah. But I wonder if there's something that happened to you when you were younger where you had to have a confrontation or stick up for yourself, and when it first happened... (sighs) You'd I have mean, to sit. Yeah, yeah that would it. through because it was just so weird that it happened then. Like it's mm-hmm. not something that happened, you know, in my younger teen years. It happened like how old am I now? Twenty three. That was probably three years ago. Right. Where it's just all of a sudden I remember talking and my body's like. I mean, that could be just your body's reaction to high a high emotional state. Mm. That might not be a childhood thing. It just could be something that you're discovering as you get deeper into your emotions. I imagine that like a, a a sporty straight white dude coming up might not have like hugely strong emotions on one thing or another. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know in that moment, like the one recently when I was talking to Miguel about Black Lives Matter, like I was worked up. Yeah. Like, and maybe that is it where I'm just like so either passionate, whatever it is, right. fired up, my body like just. Right. Is on too much. Your body's telling you out. this is too, and maybe maybe it's like a little warning system that you're reaching like your overload overload point, and whatever you do say isn't going to come from the logic brain. It's going to come from the emotion brain, mm. and it it might not be the best version of what you're trying to say. I don't know. I don't know. But I like, wish I could figure it out because I don't want it to. I don't like it. Like it just does. It, I want to fix it so I could have those conversations and not have my body do it because it stops me from talking right but that's the thing if it's stopping you from talking maybe it's your body's way of saying all right i can see that we're getting a heightened emotional response maybe take a beat and instead of pushing through to continue this conversation take a few deep breaths Mm. do some centering work and then proceed on with your logic brain i i could have pulled that out of my ass just now i don't know but it feels right how did you feel like before um like when you would play football or like going back like, did you play, like, t-ball and stuff like that when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, I always played sports. Any time in my growing up periods, I was always playing sports. But I mainly, as soon as I hit the age of playing, like, tackle football, like, that's what I did, like, tackle football. I wonder if there is something, and also me pulling this out of my ass, because I feel like when I remember back, especially my cousins would do sports when we were younger, and I would go to, like, their practices and – the way that the coaches would talk to them sometimes, and I'd be like, I was, like, not on the <laughs> field, but I'd be like, there ain't no way you ever get me out there to have that big old man talking to me like that. Right, coaches do that to try to get you in that emotional state so that you'll act physically on it. So I wonder if there's something, if you were to dig down from, like, your first sporting performance or your first mess up on the field or something like that, I don't know, just spitballing. But I don't. I mean, I don't know because again, like I feel like that would have happened or would have had that feeling similar there. Like, and there's only like honestly one year and one coach where I could like be like, well, maybe because mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, effort was tough. Listen, but- my my broadcasting degree from Georgia <laughs> Southern University. Does it, it doesn't cover this. No, it does not. So that was just a wild shot in the dark. But I don't know. But I think it is something for you to explore. I mean, mm-hmm. I do want to explore. There's, there's a lot of things I want to explore, but that is. Definitely one of them that I'm like, I don't like that physical response. Yeah. It is too much. I've always wanted to understand what it's like to be in the mind of a straight guy. 
like to feel or not feel what they feel because I feel like I am always just a blob of emotions no matter what it is, happy, sad, indifferent. Yeah. Whereas I feel like a lot of straight guys I know, not all, I'm painting with a broad brush, I understand <laughs> that, Um, sort of have like mad, happy, sad. Yeah. That's it. Well, they've been socially conditioned. But like what, like I have physical reactions when I feel a certain way. And so I'm wondering like do straight guys just push it down? Do they not feel it at all because it's been, you know, just talked and beaten out of them? Um, I've always wondered that. I think like for me, like it's, there's definitely moments where I want to push it down or, and this was one thing that I want to, I would love to dig in about relationships because I'm finally getting better at like handling fights and disagreements in my relationship, especially with, uh, well, obviously with Mary, because my first response, let's say if we get angry, if I'm talking to her and especially if we're on the phone, my first thing is like, well, whatever, bye. And I can just hang up and be Mm. done. And I am, I love that. It is so satisfying for some reason to be like, whatever, F this, hang up. Mm. Haven't really done it that much with Mary because, like, mm. she, we we are good at talking about it, and she'll call me right back and be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, you're absolutely right. But even recently, I'm like, okay, as soon as I push past that, because that would be the response for me to, like, push down those feelings. I'm so angry right now, I'm going to shut it down. Yeah. Because that's my response. All like right, a I'm short so, circuit. Yeah, boom, mm. bye. I'm going to just go do something else and take my mind off of it. But instead, now I'm starting to learn how to, like, okay, I'm mad right now. Don't hang up. Let's talk it through, mm-hmm. which is just, it's so hard. But I think it's like you have to just get used to, like for me, I've had to get used to just pushing, not just the feelings down, but pushing fa- past those initial feelings. Right. Because my initial response is like, it's not even like sad or anything. It's like anger. So it's like in those moments, I'm not really understanding. I'm just angry. So I just want to cut it out. Bye. And right. then I'll be, I'll be fine. I know I can be fine. I don't want to handle this. You'll be fine. But now I'm like, okay, let me push past that and try to understand like, where am I coming from? Where are you coming from? And it's like, to me, this is just mind-blowing because it's crazy how it works. So when, like, I'm able to push past that, mm-hmm. we come on the same page, and then we're fine. Yeah. yeah. I think I was conditioned to not be, like, fine in the end, and so I just thought, like, you know what, I'll just hang up until we get okay <laughs> just by forgetting about it. Yeah. Mm. Now I actually learned that it's like, whoa, we can actually talk it through, and it will work. And that leads to a successful relationship. Yeah, where you but can I've, never, actually I've talk never had that it. feeling. Like I yeah. even the other it was like a week ago when Mary and I literally walked through an entire set of situations. We fixed each one. And mm-hmm. at the end, it was like I pretty much got a trophy. Not, in my own mind, I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything like that. Yeah. That feels so good. And so now it's almost motivating. Like I want to get into another fight and be like, all right, let's walk it through. Wow, let's slow down, yeah. Lassie. <laughs> but it's like, I've never had that experience of right. being able to just go from point A mm. to point B instead of like just hanging up and uh, see, by. You didn't have the skills. Yeah, I just didn't know you, how to handle it. When you it. got that angry, and this is what I think society, and it's mm. like, it just is, uh, what society does to young boys of any color, by the way, yeah. um, is that they start to feel like that and they're told, walk it off or mm. uh, suck it up. Or get over it. And when you hear those phrases, it invalidates those feelings. Right. So they either push it aside or they don't, they legit don't have the tools that women were taught in order to like, you know, make the peace or solve a situation or talk it out, whatever. Those are what they tell girls. For boys, they literally don't have the tools to know what to do when they're feeling those emotions other than walk it off. Right. So I think it is that but i don't it's not that they don't feel it it's just that they're not equipped to deal with we're it. not yeah we're not i don't remember you know now it's definitely starting to change because i have friends that would call me and we'll just talk about it i love it we'll talk about all sorts of feelings but i think in the beginning it is that it's like we're not taught to just talk about it it's right. more so how could i do this in like instead of talking let me do it in a physical way like that mm. was always my mo was like all right i'm angry about this or this person pissed me off in those days i was just playing football so it was very easy to just all right I'm mad now. Let me take it out on the field. Instead of like, I'm mad now. Let me talk it through with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Get some perspective. But I always did have like a friend or two that like luckily we weren't as like deep in the trenches of not talking about things. I did have that one or two friends where we could actually like get real with each other, talk about feelings, talk about emotions. And luckily now it's so much easier. Like, mm. and I hope that for a lot of other 
you know, straight males out there, it's like it's a lot easier for them to just bring up the topic and talk it out. Because even on the phone the other day with my best friend, he's like, hey, next time we call, like, we need to talk about some emotional stuff. It was a weird comment, but it was like, because mm. we were just talking about what we're doing recently Surface in life. Surface stuff. Yeah, but it was more like, next time, let's have a little more of a, like, an emotional conversation. See how we're doing emotionally. I was like, interesting way to put it. Like, of course we would. Like, I'm down for that. Let's make specific time for it, which is really cool. And let me walk back my comment. As you were just explaining that, I was thinking that my boyfriend, Abe, he's very much like that. And I don't even, and I want to walk back my comment that I don't think it's a gay or straight thing. I think it's a a person thing because I feel like there's some women like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it depends on your upbringing. Yeah, because he's had to learn how to communicate. And he says to me all the time after we have like a disagreement and I'll be like, you're not walking away. I'm not walking away. We're going to talk about it. And he's like, I have never talked this much in any relationship. Like whenever they'd get to that first disagreement, it was like, all right, I'm done. Bye. Peace. And I'm like, no, bitch. Talk about it. What's, why are you mad? Right. What's wrong? Why you look crazy? A lot of people aren't given that because a lot of people's parents don't know how to do it either. Right. Because that wasn't a thing no. uh, from previous generations to talk about it. No. Who talked about it? Especially with kids back in the day. Like they thought kids were dumb, basically. Yes. You were to be seen and never heard from. We don't want to. You don't have emotions. Why do you have emotions? You don't. <laughs> that was my favorite line that the adults used to say at church. They'd be like, y'all ain't paying no bills. Why y'all talking so much? You ain't got nothing to talk about. When, and that really just is, it dismisses every feeling that a kid has. Right. It's like, well, I do. I well, mean, it's a big deal to a kid. Kids have the same exact emotions. It's just different problems. Absolutely. So hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, interesting. It's something to explore mm-hmm. yeah. with inside of yourself. Because just like we don't know what the appendix does, our brain, we only use a little bit of it. And there's so much more to explore there. Because one day, I'm going to be like Matilda and be able to move stuff with my mind. Oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to unlock the secrets of the universe. I'm excited for that day. But I still won't be able to tell you what two times seven is. So sorry about you. Okay. Holly, what's your social media? Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Holly and Hot 101.5 on Facebook. Scott. At Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And mine is Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. And we still have more Miguel and Holly Pride stickers. I've been ordering some all throughout the year for Pride and Pride has been moved. The actual, the festival and the parade, Pride is still happening inside your heart with our stickers. So you can email me your full name and address, Miguel, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L, no, Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. You just get so used to talking in a pattern. Send me an email with your name and address, and we'll get you a pride sticker. Bye. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.